The rustle of leaves through the wind. The hoot of an owl. Crickets. The crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the Scout Trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real-life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Hello and welcome to the first edition of Scout on Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. In a moment, we'll share what you can expect from this exciting, outstanding new podcast. In the meantime, let me introduce the host of Scout on Chattanooga. He's the CEO and Scout Executive of Boy Scouts of America Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens. Also joining us is Eagle Scout and current Cubmaster, Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, hey man. How's it going? I am so excited uh, that we are getting to begin this podcast on what is a gorgeous day here in Chattanooga as well, right? It's, it's, it's great out there, Kyle. It, it makes me not want to be cooped up in the studio with you two guys. <laughs> it makes me want to go camping and well, tie knots and it's almost do time. all the cool things that Boy Scouts do. Well, like we said earlier before we uh, started doing this podcast, you're currently a tenderfoot. We're going to work on getting you <laughs> ranked up a little later in the show, okay? That's right. That's right. I, I think all of our listeners out there will really learn quickly by the end of this podcast, Sean is definitely a rookie at Boy Scouts. <laughs> so I am looking forward to learning so much about what the Boy Scouts of America Cherokee Area Council is all about because I only know enough to be dangerous and a little bit confused. <laughs> well, there's Cub Master Kyle for that. Yeah, know. he's a veteran. I've I, been in it a little bit. I mean, yeah, in, in just a moment, we're going to hear uh, Kyle's story or Kyle, Cub Master Kyle's story, and we're going to hear Jared's story. My story is pretty simple, quick, and has nothing to do with Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts whatsoever. However, I did uh, serve in the Cub Scouts in second and third grade, and I did participate in a Pinewood Derby. Hey, there you there go. There you go. Yeah. We're, getting, uh, we're getting ready for ours uh, coming up. We Normally, you know, you would do your Pinewood Derby in February, but thanks to coronavirus, we want to do ours outdoors this year. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we decided to push it into late April is what we're shooting for. And we're going to do it outside in the parking lot at our charter organization. And the kids are getting excited. We got our uh, Pinewood Derby work day coming up here in a few weeks. So we're getting ready for the uh, Pinewood Derby ourselves. That's fantastic. So are you going to put the track with the wind? Or is it going to be? Are they going to have to race against the wind? What's your What's your wind? I think I just want to go downhill so we can get some <laughs> faster speeds coming off of them. You know? There you go. <laughs> I just want to know what Sean's looked like. Sean, what was your your uh, derby car? What, it, what was your design? It was royal blue, and uh, my number I had number seventy six on it, and it was an orange. Did you use the little the little two stickers yeah. that have been coming with Pinewood Derby cars since you know the dawn of time? Well, <laughs> I, that's that's all them. I can remember because you know when we're going back, uh, gosh, forty five years since I did a Pinewood Derby, mm -hmm. and I've forgotten a lot since then. But I grew up in the oil business, and my father was a Union seventy six oil and gasoline distributor, 
And for those that can imagine what the 76 logo looks like, it's an orange ball with the number 76 in blue. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. So I had a royal blue in honor and represented the 76 color. And then the orange number was because of the orange 76. So Funny story. Anyway. His Pinewood Derby car could only make left turns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that that was a lot of people know me from the nascar world and uh that's why i didn't do too well at, on the finish line because i was too busy making turns and coming off the track he didn't want to go straight he wanted to turn left yeah see see sean's all serious with his car you know i'm thinking like batmobile mm-hmm. something humorous and he's all nascar and serious with that well, 76 i only did it that one year and i understand that it wasn't until your second year that you really started you know boosting things up and really getting creative so i never had that opportunity there was one year that my mom thought it would be a good idea for me to um put glitter over my entire car and i still have that car (laughs) and i have a scouting box at home that has a lot of my memories from my youth scouting days in this box and there's still glitter all over literally everything in that box thanks to that car oh man You'll never, you'll never get it out of there. No, no, <laughs> that glitter is going to be there the rest of its life. <laughs> Man, you know, it's it is hard to believe that it's almost Derby time. It is. It is. It? I mean, it feels like the holidays just ended, but the sun's out, right? So, I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of when you know that Pinewood Derby is coming. When spring is on the way, and you know, you get back up and running. Well, we're going to dive into what scouting is all about. We're going to, I'm sure, talk more about the Derby and so forth. That's going to come up, but first, as I mentioned at the beginning of the introduction. This is a brand new podcast called Scout on Chattanooga. And so I want to take just a moment for us to have a roundtable discussion and sort of describe and paint the picture for our listeners of what we see Scout on Chattanooga being like. What What is the plan? What is the future for this podcast? And Jared, we'll start with you and just share with us your vision of where you uh think and expect this podcast to go well thanks sean and thank you for hosting us here as well and Mm -hmm. i think Cubmaster kyle would agree that uh, we wouldn't be doing this without your help and without your volunteering to make this thing possible so thank you well you're welcome but i want you to know i do a lot of radio shows and podcasts and this is the first time that i felt some self-assurance and peace of mind because cowboy kyle or Cubmaster kyle built this studio <laughs> and if something goes wrong and we have a technical issue i can fix it. he can fix it <laughs> be prepared be because prepared right? i can't tell you how many times i've done other shows that something would go wrong and i think oh crap what am i going to do so and that's when anyway. he facetimes me <laughs> well I, I i tell you so, sean I, anyway i think what's really exceptional about this opportunity for us is that in scouting we really have not communicated in all the different channels that we know people like to hear news and happenings and about Mm -hmm. activities and concepts and ideas. And so I just think having the ability to communicate digitally with people that are in scouting as well as the community at large Mm -hmm. um, so they can really hear what's going on. You know, uh, scouting takes place in the woods. I mean, it's it's an out there activity. And so you don't just walk down the road and, and see scouts. Um, you've really got to go out of your way. So I'm excited to hear from some of our scouts as a part of this and to really get to the bottom of what scouting is doing right here in the Tennessee Valley locally. I, I think that's going to be fascinating and to hear from some of these folks uh, will be a great opportunity. And so I think any chance we have to get that word out, mm-hmm. we ought to take advantage of it. So thanks for making that a, a possibility. Oh, you're welcome. Cubmaster Kyle? Uh, you know what? I, I think um, I'm here for just like 
the overall I, I just I love scouting so much and I missed it for several years um not having a kid getting too busy um beginning my radio career and to be able to get back in uh and um see it from the Cubmaster level also see it from the Cherokee area council perspective our, our council as well I, I'm just so excited about scouting that I want to find as many ways as possible that we can get the word out because I don't think a lot of the general community know just how um, enriching that the Boy Scouts of America is to the youth in our individual communities. Scouts become leaders later in life. I truly believe that. And scouting teaches that in so many different ways from the littlest, you know, five-year-old lions all the way up to kids that are earning their um, eagle. And I want to be able to just be able to show that leadership and to show the the progression of how kids become adults and become leaders in the community through the great things that they learn in scouting. Very well said. Um, my perspective and vision for this podcast, and I'll, I'll start from how I became a part of the Boy Scouts. And, and, and guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe that I am a part of and accepted a role on the executive board. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It, that's correct. And okay. we're not letting you take that back, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just do podcasts for you guys and that's it? <laughs> well, I don't know. We, we'll have to discuss that offline. So anyway, I, I you know, was asked by Kyle and <clears> – <throat> The executive board uh, uh, agreed and, and I guess voted or however it goes. I'm still learning. Like I said, I'm a rookie to this uh, and became a part of the executive board of the uh, Boy Scouts of America Cherokee Council. And we uh, I, I found out that there was a communications committee and Cubmaster Kyle's a member of that. And Rebecca Stiles is the chairwoman of that committee. And. So anyway, it was I think I had a target on me from the very beginning that uh, <laughs> communications committee, Sean Whitfield, Whitfield Media Group. There's something that kind of goes together there. And uh, I think Jared, as well as Rebecca, was asking, OK, what are ways that the Boy Scouts can do a better job to get the word out, to communicate better with the public and uh, reach the audience that uh, the organization wants to reach? And because I'm in the media business, I have uh, five radio shows and a few podcasts and I have a studio that we have at Whitfield Media Group. First thing that came to my mind is, hey, the new cool way to get the message out is podcast. And uh, it's it's growing quickly all across America. It's growing quickly with all ages and demographics. And we got to talking in the same conversation ways that there had already been communications. One was newsletters the other was social media and etc and i got to thinking you know i'm a 52 year old guy i get one of those long newsletters in my email i'm also a busy guy i usually don't take the time to read all the details that i should in email newsletters however i listen to podcasts a lot when i'm in the gym and i'm using the gym five or six days a week so I thought this is a great way to get the message out, especially to guys like me. And I hope there's a lot of other people out there listening that can relate and they can also agree and relate that podcast is a form of communications for them as well. So this is something I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to be learning just like all of you out there. As I said, I'm brand new to the Boy Scout organization. 
So uh, I'm going to kind of be like a sponge, and I'm going to ask all the what I would think it sometimes is the dumb questions to these two guys here joining me today. And hopefully there are some of the dumb questions that you out there listening are also wondering about and going, cool, we got Sean to ask the dumb questions. So I'm good at that. So I'm really looking forward to it. And, and I appreciate you guys allowing me to be a part. Absolutely. And and thank you, Sean. You know, I, I think it's a great. And Kyle, too, I guess I should say Cubmaster Kyle. You know, uh, <laughs> he has these a lot are, of nicknames. <laughs> Cubmaster, <laughs> Cowboy, Big Daddy. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Big Daddy. Yeah. For years, he was Big Daddy Kyle on the radio. But y'all are volunteers with this organization. And it's amazing to me the different levels of volunteerism we have. And, and the Boy Scouts has been around for over 100 years. We'll be around for the next 100. And it's only because of volunteers just like you guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we've got this this army, a multitude of moms and dads and leaders that make this thing happen. And just just uh, in this way, Sean, you're kind of joining that legion in a way, mm-hmm. I would say. Wouldn't you think, Master Kyle? I think so. And to initiate him, we're going to be um, taking him to Skymont uh, Scout Reservation and uh, allowing him to join us in the next work day, don't you think? <laughs> I think that's great, but we can't give him a chainsaw yet. He hasn't earned that right. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and, he's and still just a tenderfoot. He's got to get yeah, his right. tenderfoot. I, I was thinking tenderfoot. I was thinking tushyfoot there for a minute. But it's tenderfoot. All right. Well, we are excited about this uh, brand new podcast called Scout on Chattanooga. It is time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got more Scout on Chattanooga to come in just a moment. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Adventure, challenge, and discovery aren't just for the youth in scouting. Wood Badge is the ultimate training experience available for adult scouters, and Wood Badge is coming to Skymont this April. This course is loaded with sessions that will develop skills to benefit you in scouting, at work, and at home, just throughout life. This year's course is going to rock, too. Get your backstage pass to the Wood Badge course now at CherokeeAreaBSA.com. There are lots of ways to be a kid. My way is to take a road that's not easy. So it's a good thing I'm an adventurer. That's why I'm going to be a Cub Scout, because scouting will guide me to really big things. It will teach me to navigate the woods with confidence and to navigate the world with confidence too. Scouting will show me a kid who is brave, trustworthy, loyal, and kind. A kid who is always prepared. A kid who is me. So scout me in. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. Now it is that uh, time in the podcast where we're going to share each one of our stories. And we're going to start off with the man that is in charge. He's the CEO and Scout Executive with Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council. And that is Jared Pickens. And Jared, if you would share your story for those that are listening, uh, because you have a interesting and fascinating story because you're relatively new to Chattanooga. Sure am. September 1st, 2020. September 1st, 2020. So what in the heck brought you to Chattanooga? That's a great question. Well, I'll tell you first, I'm just glad to be home. Uh, Native Tennessean, born and raised in Nashville and I'm sure we'll get to a few of the other stops I've made along the way, but man, it's good to be home. And uh, I tell you, growing up in Nashville, uh, always loved East Tennessee and just really happy to be back here. And uh, nothing like living in the South. Nothing like it. And, you know, a pit stops 
in Crossville, Knoxville, Jefferson City, Tennessee, and Oklahoma City. And I can tell you, I've been to a few places around East Tennessee is where it's Makes at. Makes you appreciate home. Absolutely. <laughs> the people, the trees, uh, the mountains, everything about it. Although I will say that since we've been back, my son, Theodore, he's three and a half. My wife told him that for some reason there would be snow in Chattanooga. And oh, I didn't have a chance hmm. to get in front of that comment. <laughs> Oops. And so, you know, the last few days and weeks, we've been getting nothing while the mountains have been getting something. So it's been a little disappointing to him. But yeah. Um, Sounds like y'all to need to here. take a trip to Skymont because every time they say snow, it that's right. Hey, I'm going Saturday. I'm going oh, up Saturday. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You coming? Let's go. <laughs> Let's I'll go. Clear man. my schedule. <laughs> it's beautiful up there this time of year. Man, I love Skymont. Overlooks are clear. Oh, that's all. Awesome. Overlooks are clear. You know, it's hard to see you out there uh, when the leaves are on the trees. But uh, so, Sean, yeah, I'm just happy to be here. And uh, well, what brought you to Chattanooga? Well, uh, the Boy Scouts did. And, uh, you know, I never thought if you'd asked me 20 years ago where I thought I'd be, I probably wouldn't tell you Chattanooga, Tennessee. I probably wouldn't tell you Oklahoma City. Mm -hmm. um, but the Boy Scouts has been a, a real key part of me and my family's life and uh, it, got started in, in Crossville, as I mentioned. How old were you at that time? I was very young. I was about two or three years out of college. Um, and so I, I left Nashville and, and went to Carson Newman which is now mm -hmm. a university. When I went there, it was just a college. So I yeah. still say Carson Newman College, CNC, but uh, uh, graduated uh, there, stayed in town a couple of years, and then finally got the job with the Boy Scouts. And they said, um, this is, I was interviewing in Knoxville, Tennessee. That's where the council is from, Great Smoky Mountain Council out of mm -hmm. Knoxville. They cover uh, most of that area. And uh, they offered me a job and they said, hey, um, would you like to move to Crossville work for the Boy Scouts? I said, well, I'd love to do that. That's that would be tremendous. Um, are you going to pay to move me? And they said, no, but if you get there, we'll start paying you. And so I packed <laughs> up my 98 Ford Ranger, my wife, and uh, and made a couple trips between Jefferson City, Tennessee, and Crossville moving and, and was there for a few years. And man, the plateau is just also a beautiful place. Mm -hmm. But one thing I learned is it's always about 10 degrees cooler there than in the valleys on either side which is a pretty big benefit. I remember as a kid, uh, we used to go camping at Cumberland Mountain State Park. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, the Stone Bridge. a lot of history there. Yep, beautiful. Great restaurant used to, used to be there. I'm assuming it still is. It still is. is. State Park uh, Restaurant. Yep. That's yeah. where they had every meal because Sean doesn't know how to cook. Yeah. <laughs> Even in a normal kitchen. They got, that's true. <laughs> they got good catfish up there, actually. That's yeah, kind it, of the big it, thing. It's, it's been... Uh, Two or three decades for me since I've been there, but <laughs> brings back some memories. Now, uh, I have to bring this up because there's a lot of, of scouting volunteers that weren't youth scouters. So I, I do want to bring this up just because I want people to know that's listening, that's thinking about getting into scouting, or maybe your kid's in scouting and you're thinking about getting uh, more heavily involved. You you came up as an adult scouter. Correct. You were never a youth in scouts, but your dad was, right? That's right. Yeah, it's a really interesting story. So my dad is an Eagle Scout. My only uncle on that side of the family is an Eagle Scout. But I was never asked if I wanted to be a scout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really was very involved in other extracurricular activities than middle school, high school, and on. And so... Um, when I saw the job for Boy Scout District Executive, that's kind of the starting point as a career in scouting, mm -hmm. um, I kind of knew what it was because I was in 4-H, and it, I, I kind of thought it was similar to a 4-H agent, but for Boy Scouts. And so I, I felt like I kind of knew what I was getting into. I think nothing can really prepare you 
for what that's like. Mm-hmm. And uh, about six to eight months down the road, I ended up calling my dad, my Eagle Scout dad, and saying, hey, why did you never ask me if I wanted to be a Boy Scout? And um, it was a very interesting response, and, and it really wasn't that comfortable of a conversation. I think he was a little embarrassed. Um, did you feel cheated? I don't think I felt <laughs> cheated, but I'll tell you what I did feel is uh, some regret because in college I got into, you know, backpacking and whitewater and rock climbing and, and some real extreme, you know, outdoor activities. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, these kids in scouting, they're doing it at like 12. I mean, I was like 18 to 20 years old when I got into that. I mean, these kids are doing 10 day treks in the mountains of the high desert in New Mexico at Philmont Scout Ranch. Here locally, they're going, you know, whitewater on the Ocoee, whitewater on the Hawassi. Um, you know, I never got to do any of that. Well, there's even uh, ATV courses at Skymont now. Exactly. Yeah, we've got miles and miles. I think it took me four hours. I went out there in December. I think it took me four hours just to get around the property on those backcountry trails. Wow. Uh, incredible opportunities for those as a youth. Now, since you didn't grow up in it, you were kind of on the outside looking in. At that first couple of years, did did it take you a while to truly um, kind of, was it just, let, let me ask you this, was it just a job starting out for you? No, or, I don't. Or do you think that you were sold into the program pretty immediately? I think that as soon as I went to the first meeting where scouting volunteers were there, mm-hmm. I knew from that moment that I was with good people trying to accomplish great things. And I think that it was the visibility of the Boy Scouts of America as a brand and knowing what the values and standards and principles a Boy Scout stands for that really made me comfortable to go work for him in the beginning. Um, and so while I always wanted a career with some pretty significant purpose, um, I tell you, I couldn't have been more thrilled with being able to work with the Boy Scouts and with, with you two fine gentlemen as well. No, so sweet. <laughs> Don't See, be I, sweet I on me that like in there that. For you. So, <laughs> so you went from Crossville in your career, then on to Oklahoma City. Knoxville. Knoxville. So Knoxville in between. So they moved me. I spent a couple years in Crossville, and then uh, they tapped me on the shoulder and said I was needed in West Knox and Loudoun County. Right. So we may have people listening from the North City and, and, and Bearden and Farragut, and those are some areas I worked with closely. And, and then Oklahoma City. Then Oklahoma City, yep, yep. And you landed in Oklahoma City in what year? Oh, man, you would ask me that. 2014. It was 2014 because I remember when I told my wife we had the opportunity to move to Oklahoma City, she asked me what was there. And I said, well, the Thunder, right? Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, they were all there, (laughs) right? In a tornado alley. Right. And she goes, what's the Thunder? And I, I, and so I knew I wasn't going to be able to rely on that anymore. And so, uh, yeah, 2014, fall of 2014. There's some good music that comes out of that area. Too, Lots of though. good country, man. I will say that. So 2014, then you left Oklahoma City, came to Chattanooga in September 2020. That's right. In the That's middle right. of a Six pandemic years. and took over as scout executive for the Cherokee area. County. I mean, yeah. somebody's got to do it. You know, I, I figure if somebody's got to do it, why might as well be me. Right. <laughs> so when you saw the opportunity was there and you interviewed for the position and and then you got it, uh, what was the first thing that uh, you, you came to your mind or was your impression 
uh, was was the program in in good condition as you came in, or did you see it as um, uh, a lot of opportunity to maybe polish up uh, a gym that just needed a little bit of extra attention? I think that's a tough question to answer in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, um, and I I think it took me a, a couple of weeks and maybe even a couple of months to really figure out that. The scouting program here in the Tennessee Valley is really strong. Mm-hmm. And, and when I say the program, I mean the Cub Scout packs, the Boy Scout troops, the small groups of volunteers and civic groups and communities, churches that are making scouting happen. Mm-hmm. We're talking about meetings on Monday nights, campouts on the weekends. And while the pandemic certainly had an effect, especially in 2020 at the heat of it, March, April, May, by the fall of 2020, things were a little bit back to normal. Yeah, I tell you, one of the things I was most impressed with was I think it was around 300 people safely attended the uh, Great Hawassi River Raft Race, mm-hmm. which is one of our um, premier activities. And uh, I tell you, that's incredible. And, and Sean, I think you'd like that one. We'll let you build a boat. You know, you've built a Pinewood Derby car, I heard about. Oh, yeah. So this one, uh, you know, crews of kids, they build a boat mm-hmm. and they they raft it. And, uh, you know, some of them make it down. First, we're going to have to uh, let some of the youth teach him some pioneering tricks. First, <laughs> you, you know how to swim, uh, right, Sean? Yeah. You know how to swim. Okay. But it's usually in calm water. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could say that about being a scout executive, right? Uh, I tell you, it's interesting. It certainly does not feel like calm water right now. It feels yeah. feels like we're swimming upstream uh, and we're working hard. But the reason that I work with the Boy Scouts is because I get to wake up every day and I get to help change the face of America for the better. Mm-hmm. And that wow. is just such an incredible opportunity. And and like I said, I'm just thrilled to be here. Well, I, I can say this as a, uh, as a volunteer scouter, and we've been working closely together since you got here as well. I just want to say thank you for your leadership in our council. And um, thank you for being a part of it. I see great things to come in our council. And that's where I kind of wanted to like wrap up this segment as I know that we're coming to a close. I just wanted to ask you, A, number one, what's your favorite thing about scouting? And uh, number two, where do you see our council, the Cherokee Area Council, headed in the next five years? And we just added 10 more minutes yeah, before the next yeah, break. That's a lengthy, uh, a lengthy response. I'll tell you, the thing that I like the most about scouting is when a kid tells me that they did something that they never thought they would have done, experienced something they never would have experienced, or overcome a challenge that they didn't even know they would be facing, but scouting prepared them for that. Mm -hmm. I think that's incredible to me. And uh, where are we going in the next five years? I'd say tune in for the next five months. We'll get through that, right? Uh, A few more podcast episodes. And uh, I really am interested in hearing what some of our guests have to say as well. Um, being new to the Chattanooga area, new to Southeast Tennessee in a way. Um, I'm interested to see where people think scouting is needed um, so that we can go meet that need in the community. And that's one thing that I love about scouts, Boy Scouts in particular, Cub Scouts, is that we're versatile enough that we can figure out where that we can meet those needs and to be able to to broaden where we're at, to be able to just... uh, (laughs) 
in my redneck way, just give one big old hug to the community, you know? <laughs> a scouting hug. Interesting. Redneck fashion. That's, that's the cowboy Kyle coming yeah. out in Cubmaster Kyle right there. You know, Jared, you, you made a, a really good point that we failed to mention in our first segment today, and that is the fact guest. That's one of the visions that we have of Scout on Chattanooga is we have planned to bring some outstanding guests here in the studio and to have those conversations with them, hear their success stories, hear how they're involved in scouting and uh, how it can benefit others. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Also, a little bit later in today's podcast, I want you to define a very simple question because sure, I am sure there is people out there like me that's a, a rookie at this that's going, I know just enough about the Boy Scouts to be a little bit dangerous. But maybe if you could give us a brief overview later on in today's podcast, what is Boy Scouts of America Cherokee Area Council? When when you go to a group and they want to know what it is what is your organization about, share with us that story. And and we were talking at lunch earlier, what's the first thing you think of when you hear Boy Scouts or what's the first thing you think of when you hear Girl Scouts. And I would be interested to uh, have you share with us uh, those thoughts. Happy to. So, all right. It is time for us to take a quick break. When we come back, we got more Scout on Chattanooga to come in just a moment. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Year-round scouting provides fun, life-changing experiences young people can't get anywhere else. But summer camp takes it to a whole new level at Skymont Scout Reservation. It's a good, exhausting time. And while skits and songs are great, camp's not all about fun around the campfire or even earning a few merit badges. It's about giving young people an opportunity to build the foundation of leadership skills and personal character that will stay with them and set them up for success later in life. To learn more about Skymont, Time on and our 2021 summer camp plans, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. At the Boy Scouts of America, our oath remains. A scout pledges to be kind, helpful, and brave. We're committed to providing a safe and welcoming environment where scouts can establish the foundations of character that will last a lifetime. Our approach ensures the Boy Scouts of America is building the youth of today into the leaders we'll turn to tomorrow. The Boy Scouts of America. Building character is in our nature. Visit scouting.org to learn more about scouting. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. It is that time in the podcast where we're going to hear Cubmaster Kyle share his story. Uh-oh. And he is also right. a legendary eagle scout that legendary uh, has uh, a lot of interesting stories to share so uh cub master kyle tell us your story i, I feel like you're putting me on a pedestal we here. are we are <laughs> we are absolutely we're, we're making you feel special because if you're like most husbands uh, you will not feel special when you go home 
<laughs> Who are you kidding me? My wife's texting me now. <laughs> all, all, all of my, my co hosts and all my shows, they go, Man, you pump me up when we do the show because I know when I get home, I'm not going to be pumped up as much. So, you know, that's one of my, one of my specialties. But uh, please share your story. So, my um, story starts back um, when I was just a kid. Um, began as a tiger cub. There wasn't the lion rank back then in Cub Scouts. Um, so, I started as a tiger. I was six years old what first grade and you got the orange t-shirt on because you didn't get the blue um class a is what we called them back then we call them field uniforms nowadays but you said tiger cub a moment ago a tiger cub yeah i started it was cub scouts your first rank that you can earn back then was tiger cub when um nowadays it's lion you can start as a kindergartner now okay i've uh, never and, heard of that in cub scouts so i started as a tiger cub i earned my tiger rank and put on the the blue button up and uh and just continued my way up i believe that was I, i've been trying to fill out my veteran scouting application oh, right here lately right. and i've been trying to figure out what year i like truly started and i think that it was 1992 was the year that i joined um as a cub scout i worked my way up in um in cub scouts then i joined troop 143 in trent georgia so i've been in the cherokee area council my uh my entire life as well born and raised in in trenton and uh my scout master was my uncle gardner um yeah. he was my my scout master growing up i i did the whole thing as a teenager where you work hard when you first get into boy scouts or scouts <laughs> bsa now and then you just kind of trail off for a year and then you come back and then you're full blown and um was able to earn my eagle scout congratulations um, thank you uh, a couple couple days before i turned 18 years old there's you can actually file for a extension on your eagle scout app now but back then it was like oh we gotta get this in you, you turn now i, I gotta ask you <laughs> a question a that you've probably never been asked before okay when you're in high school and you're an eagle scout does that help you pick up the girls and get a girlfriend much easier <laughs> well i was amazingly <laughs> awkward to begin with so i'm gonna say no Okay. Uh, to my side of things but um to the to the uh, general um population of eagle scouts that were probably a whole lot more sporty than i was <laughs> <laughs> then um probably i maybe i don't know yeah are, are, you, are you willing to share with our listeners what you were called on the football team in school i was called big nasty back then <laughs> oh my god yeah. and that translated over to uh, i wanted to, Jerry to hear that yeah, thank you Sean. i appreciate <laughs> well, what, what position the, what position was this i in? played nose guard nose guard yeah. big yeah. nasty played a, nose guard that is a that's a mean position really <laughs> so so i'm going to challenge our audience as many people as listen when you run into kyle call him big nasty because the more people that call him that the more we'll know you were listening to today's podcast i'm not gonna lie i still if, <laughs> if anybody if anybody calls me out that out in public i automatically know it's somebody from dade county because that's that you know that was just my name back then so but uh, to be honest with you my story is a lot of um of scouts as a youth where is I did play football, but I only played a couple of years. There's a lot of scouts out there that just don't necessarily find their niche in sports where where you truly build, you know, a lot of teamwork and a lot of leadership is built in team sports, but you also get a lot of that team building and leadership, and in fact, a, quite a bit of it in um, you know, I scouts. Bet, I bet you were, in a way, kind of encouraged to be a leader in a way that you probably weren't when you were in athletics oh yeah because you always know that there's um there's always that coach 
and that that is your leader. And then there are some players that are more of the leaders in the team when it comes to team sports. But as as a Boy Scout, as a member of Scouts BSA, like I learn a lot of leadership because literally part of your requirements is for you to take a leadership position in the pack or in the troop. And to those that are thinking about coming into Scouts, maybe not involved, that are listening uh, right now, Scouts BSA, the Scoutmaster is like the overseer of things. It's He's, youth-led is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, it's, very, it, it's a youth-led organization. Once you get into Scouts BSA, it is the older Scouts teaching the younger Scouts uh, the ways of scouting and how to become a leader. And I think that that um, works out even better to be honest with you, that I'm learning from my peers instead of somebody peering over me, if that makes sense. And now you're full cycle because you are an adult volunteer leader in addition to having been a youth leader in your troop. I am, yeah. I um, I eagled in 2003, and the minute I turned 18, I became an assistant scoutmaster for a couple of years. Had to get out of scouting, honestly, because I was starting my career in radio and was literally, I was doing radio and college at the same time where I would work the overnight shift at the radio station, go to college for several hours, go home and sleep for, you know, the four or five hours of sleep that I could get. And then I had to be back at the radio station all over again. Wow. So there wasn't as much scouting time as I honestly wished there could have been got out of scouts for several years um got married have a bonus kid now and i said let's put him in scouts because he we tried t-ball with him and he just he didn't like it but scouts you're always going and you're always doing there's no downtime we are always moving we're always doing something lots of variety Mm -hmm. and um they found out that i uh was an eagle scout and they asked me to be a uh they they identified you that's what they identified me yeah you you told them too much there cub master (laughs) kyle you were just kyle before that now you're cub master yeah so i became a den leader for a year and all of my um uh, all of my kids earned their tiger rank. Luckily, wow, right before great. the pandemic struck and through the pandemic, I I transitioned as our cub master and just have, have taken over a, a, as our cub master over the last few months and have just really, in, really enjoyed my time um, being able to just grow these set of kids. I mean, we have 29 kids in our pack, which is a that's a good, healthy pack. That's I feel a great. Like. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Um and it's just it, it amazes me to see as an adult what those kids are doing when yes the program has changed but the overall thought of what you do in scouting and the leadership that you learn has not so when i, I so kid. when i think of scouting and sean asks me hey jared tell me about what the boy scouts of america is and what they do and when i think about cub scouts which is what what ages are we talking here we're talking uh, anywhere from five years old all the way up to 12. And so so, so the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, hiking, fishing, camping, outdoor activities, adventure. But these these guys, the little guys, they're probably not quite ready for some of that whitewater mm-hmm. rafting, rock climbing, you know, shooting shotguns. But, but they're probably working up to that. Right. So what are you guys doing, actually? Well, we're staying busy. We had a uh we had that shooting sports back in the fall where we were able to successfully our council was able to put that on to let the kids shoot bb guns and archery nice we're going to weekend camping at skymont so we can begin our you know five six seven eight nine ten year olds to start getting them acclimated to scouting and you know being around a, a campfire and and learning 
how to do safe scouting young in a controlled environment before they uh, start getting older and they're able to do more of that high adventure stuff. They've already got a great base of, of you know, how to be a scout. I almost feel like Cub Scouting is teaches you how to become a Scouts BSA member and then Scouts BSA teaches you how to become a leader, hmm. you know, as an wow. adult. So, so let me ask you one more question because I, I hear about this, you know, you know, with what I do as a scout executive, people ask me all the time, Hey, tell me what the scout oath and law means to you. And, and Sean, the scout oath and scout law are a, a set of principles and in some ways objectives that we try to fulfill each and every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you probably know all 12 of those and could spout them off real quick, but can you highlight what you think some of your favorite points of the scout law are man i tell you even though it's at the very beginning of the scout law a scout is trustworthy um you trust is one of the biggest things that you can have in life trust and respect and those two go hand in hand i can't respect you unless i trust you and i can't trust you unless i respect you um in my opinion so being trustworthy learning right from wrong and that's one thing that even the five-year-olds are learning in cub scouts is how to become more and more trustworthy and to always do the right thing. And then loyal. There's a lot of people, um, especially in the day and age that we live in, where just the world as a whole is so divisive. Mm. Just being loyal to your friends and creating that sense of teamwork that happens in the den as a Cub Scout. You know, you got the whole pack that's 29 kids, but I also help with our wolf den. Den one is our wolf den. Was that second graders, maybe? Yeah, that's second graders. And um, that that group of 10 kids have become bigger and bigger friends to where they're asking to go over at each other's houses all the time now. It's not just a school thing to the to the point where my bonus kid, Weston, even talks about Cub Scouting and his wolf den. In fact, he has one of his wolf den uh, members is in his same classroom and they get caught talking about cub scouting and the teacher has to tell them hey like i know how much y'all love cub scouting but we've got to learn today kind of thing so this this <laughs> this is this is a lot i mean i you know i think a lot of people when they think about boy scouts of america they think about the outdoor stuff first but mm-hmm. you know you're going real deep into this i mean it's almost leadership citizenship uh, education, in a way, is, mm-hmm. is kind of what you're indicating, at least from your experience as a youth and now as a well, yeah, as a father. I, scouting is so broad to me because a, an adventure loop for Cub Scouts can be something as random as teaching them how to control germs to keep themselves clean, which is a part of the law. Well, I mean, that's very relevant uh-huh. right now. Um, I mean, I just learned how to wash my hands during the <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> like truly learn how to wash them. But that was in our curriculum before this pandemic ever hit. In fact, that's one of the Tiger Rank requirements as part of that is to learn how to correctly wash your hands. And where, where we think that might be small to a kid that's in first grade, that's huge. And what what happens is scouting builds upon that more and more and more and more every single year that the kids are learning so much that they don't even realize just exact how much they're learning. And I think when I look back at my scouting as a youth compared to my scouting as an adult, I didn't even like realize that I was learning back then just as much as I did as a kid 
that has come into everyday life because am I always going to need to know how to tie a square knot to, to be on the radio? No, but it's the leadership that I learned from the kids that taught me how to, how to tie the square knot. That leadership can truly make a difference in my life for the rest of my life. So let me ask one more question for me and, and Sean may have something else, but I am always fascinated to know people who've been in scouting what was their most memorable outdoor experience? Man, most memorable outdoor. Uh, I, you know, I can't lie. I, I never did the Philmont. I never did any of the high adventure bases or anything like that as a kid. Um, but, yeah, but those are way that's like New Mexico. I mean, yeah, you did it all here locally I in did. the Tennessee Valley. You know, I, we went to a couple summer camps outside of Skymont, but my most, uh, my biggest memories were literally made at the Cherokee Area Council summer camp at Skymont. Um, that's where I learned to, um, <laughs> I mean, Sean will tell you this right now, I'm a mama's boy. And going to summer camp and being away from mama for a week, especially those first couple of years, is a trying experience, you know, when you're 12 years old and you go to summer camp for that first time. But it was that time spent with my friends and just learning together and having fun together in in a world without cell phones because cell, phone, <laughs> cell phones were just coming up back then too i mean obviously i didn't have a cell phone at 12 years old but kids nowadays do well cell phones don't work at skymont you know you've got to get out there and just experience life and some of my best times was sitting around a campfire or sitting on that picnic table playing spades with friends and i'll never forget <laughs> And we had these, you always buy those giant citronella candles, mm -hmm. right? Well, the bugs were so bad at Skymont one year. And I'm pretty sure that our citronella candle attracted bugs instead <laughs> of getting them to come away. And by the end of the week, that big, you know, bucket citronella candle had so many bugs squished down into it that it actually lit the whole bucket on fire. Oh, my goodness. And almost set our dining fly on fire to a part where we... <laughs> Had to use our real life safety Boy moment. Spills. Safety yeah. moment to all of our yeah, listeners. Let's, to, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah, I had to get that thing down to the latrine, <laughs> but I'll never forget that. It, I mean, I um, that and uh, my scout master gardener's legs because he would never wear shorts whatsoever. Period. But that one time a year, he had to put on swimming trunks, and he did the swim test. You know, just like all of us did. And we even wrote a song that we sang to him in my Eagle Court of Honor that was a song about his white legs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that we wrote at Skymont. <laughs> so really, really, it sounds like a lot of your favorite memories are the people and the relationships you were able to form, the, the mentorship opportunities, um, learning from your friends and shared experiences together outside in a in that I think you mentioned like a controlled environment in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's fascinating. Well, as as awesome of all the things that you can do in scouts and of all the high adventure stuff that you can and go to, um, a lot of people don't realize just how like controlled it is. Like we want to keep our youth as protected as we possibly can, and that comes. Um, down to the leaders, the volunteers, um, being able to oversee everything that happens. So, whereas you think you might be doing something crazy as a kid, like you know, lighting a citronella candle full of bugs yeah, on fire, it, it, it's all con it's a, it's a controlled, safe environment where you can learn. Hmm. Interesting story. One, there's two words that 
I think about as I've listened to Kyle's story, character and integrity. That to me is what the Boy Scouts of America builds in so many young boys and young men in today's world is character and integrity mm-hmm. along with there's so many other things, but those are just two key points that, uh, caught my attention. Uh, so, um, outstanding story testimonial you. that uh, you had to share Kyle. I am uh, honored to, to wear that badge of honor. I and will happily tell anybody about my Jared, scouting I don't experience. think we're ever going to wor- have to worry about uh, podcast content. Because we'll just turn the mic over to Kyle <laughs> and let him go. Man, it, and, I, get, I get kind of, a, I mean, and, it's and, almost emotional listening and, to it. And, and Scout on Chattanooga can be done each and every month very on, easily. On next month's episode, <laughs> Cup Master Kyle talks about the time his uh, sleeping bag somehow wound up on the picnic table the next morning. Uh-oh. Hopefully you weren't in it when that happened. I was oh, in it. Oh, great. I don't know how they got me out of my tent. But. You must have been snoozing pretty hard. <laughs> I was. I was. Well, it hey, is. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Jim. I got. I got to say one thing, and that is that, you know, Kyle. Uh, I've gotten to know you a little bit for the last five months or so, and um, I'm always learning something new when I talk to Cup Master Kyle. But one thing that always is there is his passion to help kids and to help the community. And thank you for that. And I think to all of our scouter listeners so a scouter is an adult person who's involved in volunteering with boy scouts mm-hmm. um out there I, kyle i think you just epitomize what each of them are doing each and every monday night um that one weekend a month i mean they're sacrificing their time and energy um to change the lives of kids and so thank you to all of our listeners out there who are doing that and kyle thank you for representing them here on this podcast thank you it's my pleasure and uh, to all you scouters out there if you would like to learn more our wood badge course is coming up soon. <laughs> a shameless plug. <laughs> and more details to come as we continue. All right, it's time for us to take a quick break and we come back more Scout on Chattanooga in just a moment. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. My name is Kathleen, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun, we play sports, and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeASCout.org Find a pack near you. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Woodfill along with Jared Pickens and Cub Master Kyle. What an outstanding story we heard from Cub Master Kyle. I, I, you know, it was I've, great. I, I've known Kyle ever since he was just out of school. And I, I feel like I've watched him grow up. I, I feel like he's like my little brother. 
I've grown up and out <laughs> the last few years. <laughs> and, and, you know, just when you think you know a lot about somebody that you've worked alongside many, many times through all the years, you find out, you know, I really didn't know him as, as well as I thought I did. So <laughs> maybe it was is all that a good, good thing. thing? I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to come away today from our inaugural Scout on Chattanooga podcast uh, knowing so much more about Cubmaster Kyle. So uh, this has been very informing, informative for me. So well, I it, really enjoyed it. I have to um, pause you because it is now for you to be put in the hot seat. <laughs> yeah, we were. I, I, think, I feel like I'm going to be roasted. You are. Well, I think Kyle suggested that on the break. Yeah. Roasted over, over. An open campfire. That is. Yeah. <laughs> well, mine won't last long. It, it, it's about a five minute. But um, of course, my name is Sean Whitfield, and and I I grew up in the oil business. Uh, my father founded Whitfield Oil Company and uh, began in Chickamauga, Georgia. And our company is uh, about 50 years old. Wow. Uh, I am actually, it's a little bit older than that because he started uh, just before I was born and I'm 52. So it's. Whoa, did he actually say his age? Uh 53 or 54 years. Somebody, somebody, can we timestamp that? Is that the the right word, Kyle? (laughs) Yeah, I went ahead and became transparent there. So uh, I, I grew up in the oil business my entire life and uh, have been doing that my entire professional career, uh, the lubricants, gasoline, fuels business. And then back in the uh, early to mid-90s, our company was a distributor for Union 76 Racing Gasoline. And we began to provide fuel to the NASCAR Camping World, or back in that day, Craftsman Truck Series and NASCAR Bush Series. And so I was involved in the fuel side and supply and operations, overseeing that on behalf of Union 76 with NASCAR for nine years. So I had the opportunity to uh, be a part of the NASCAR world in a small way. And, And one of the things I always admired about NASCAR is NASCAR is a business first, it's a sport second. What other sport is driven by corporate America? Meaning, without all the logos on those uniforms and on those cars, there would be no NASCAR. It's a lot of logos. Yeah, and and so sales and marketing has always been my passion in the business world. So me and NASCAR just kind of, you know, connected, and then it became a part of our business world. And so uh, I did that for nine years. Uh, I was gone about 100 nights a year and, and was at Daytona, Atlanta, Bristol, Talladega, and so on. Did you get to wave the flag? Uh, did you get to? I, I never got to do that, but I, I have a, a collection of those uh, checkered flags. Oh, wow. I have a memorabilia case that's full of uh, just He's nine years Dale worth Senior. of memory. <laughs> Say that again. He has a picture with Dale Senior. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I was wow. uh, knew Dale Earnhardt. Uh, we weren't like big buddies, but at least when he saw me, he knew who I was, and and you know would call me by name. But uh, a lot of great NASCAR uh, memories from the '90s and early 2000s. And so, in 2001, uh, began a NASCAR show with Clear Channel, and it was on Magic 101.9, which the station doesn't even exist now. And uh, began a show and named it Valvoline Racing Radio. Mondays at six. Didn't think it would last more than a couple of years. And little did I know, February 1st would be my 20th anniversary. Wow. Congratulations. So 20 years of talking NASCAR. And now we're on Rock 105. And then it turned into television. I did a NASCAR show at Fox for three years from 0709. 
and then television with Channel 3, the NBC affiliate, and 10 and 11. And then we uh, did our radio show on uh, Revan TV, which is a national motorsports uh, cable network. And we were in about 113 cities across the U.S. and Puerto Rico for several years. And somehow they let me on TV, too, back when I was... A lot of people don't. Uh, that's how me and Sean met was through the radio station. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. And Casey Orr, my co-host on which is called Racing Talk Radio now, is the one we refer to that birthed Big Daddy Kyle or mm-hmm. Cupmaster Kyle's radio career. He is the one that took him as a young intern. cub, yeah, intern. <laughs> I see what you did. Twenty years and, old. And yeah, gave him that opportunity in radio. Wow. Well, we're glad you did. So, well, that was Casey Orr. I can't take credit for that. But, uh, but I mean, you gave me a big opportunity when um, coming back to the group of radio stations that I worked for when bringing Valvoline Racing Radio back over there. And I was on Valvoline Racing Radio for over 10 of those years, I think so. We right? came back in June of 09, and you were a part of it when we came back to Rock 105. And you were there till you went off and got married on us. Yeah. The second time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when, so when you got into this, you know, with the NASCAR stuff and everything like that, Sean, did you remember your '76 Pinewood Derby car? That's the real question. Did never you ever, crossed my mind. Never crossed your mind. And the only reason it didn't is the Cub Scouts uh, wasn't a, a time that it, when I was seven years old that have a lot of great memories just because. The, the fact my mother made me be in the Cub Scouts. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, but I look back and, and hearing Kyle's stories and I'm thinking, wow, how, you know, how would I have could, you know, change the way I, I grew up in taking those opportunities and and realize uh, just what it would have given back to me. But uh, I, I should have put more effort in the Cub Scouts when I was there. But I had my I had my thoughts in sports. You know, it had I had to be on a ball field. And so what were you what, what you played then? Yeah. Yeah, so what, baseball, what, football, basketball. Wow. The Golden yeah. Trio. Yeah. Even played tennis. Really? Yeah, that was the that was the that sport I was That fits you. The least I'm not going to lie. The tennis I see more than anything. Why why do you say why do you say tennis? What do you say? It's just his stature, the way that he presents himself, he just looks like a very sophisticated tennis kind of player. Kind of a formal, kind of a formal yeah. gentleman, if you will. I, I agree with that. I but, agree with that. Uh, yeah, so the NASCAR took me into radio, and it's always been a part-time passion for me. And then in 2009, created a show called On The Move Radio, and uh the next thing I know, here we are in 2021, and I have five radio shows on two stations. Wow. And at one point, I had seven shows on uh, three stations. And then we began podcast uh, about a year ago. And so none of it was planned. It was um, it was all just opportunities and doors opened and uh, relationships uh, began and and uh, grew and uh, created to what Whitfield Media Group is today. I I haven't been asked in a couple of years, but for several years I was asked by a couple of different junior high school teachers, and they asked me to come speak to their class on career day, <clears throat> and they were fascinated with my media career and then growing up in the oil business and, and being in that business and. They wanted me to share my story. And one of the things 
that I would always leave seventh and eighth graders is create goals and no goal is too big. You never know what those goals will turn into and what dreams you'll have in life. Because in school, I was terrified to stand up before class and speak. I was terrified to go up and approach people, uh, terrified to go up and approach a girl. And as an adult, I've been in sales and marketing my entire career. And being in sales, you can't be afraid to go up and approach people. Being in radio and television, you can't be afraid to speak in front of large groups. You can't be afraid to be in front of the camera. So I'm doing things in life that I never would have imagined that I was doing. And I'm so thankful, so grateful for the opportunities and being able to overcome those fears and doing the things in life that I've been able to do because I've been rewarded and blessed beyond my imagination. So, and, uh, so it's given me the opportunity to do things I never expected. That's incredible. I'll tell you, though, it makes me wonder, Cowboy Kyle, or I guess I should say Cubmaster Kyle. <laughs> did you take the communications merit badge at all? I did. You did? Yeah. Well, Do you, you think... have to have it for Eagles. So. Oh, oh, right. That's yeah. right. So did you learn anything that you could have imparted to young Sean for his career? Um, Maybe. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe we need Sean to speak to some of our uh, uh, our communications merit badge candidates. Well, I, you know, he could um, sign up to be a merit badge counselor since he has um, a media you know, I, background. I thought you only had to choose one thing in the Boy Scouts. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I thought I'd already done that. He's waving the checkered flag. You see that? You we, see just, that? we just ball and told you for something else. <laughs> so, Sean, uh, um, I think that First of all, it's incredible that that you've come on board and are willing to share some of your personal story. But I think there's a big part of who you are that we haven't discussed yet. And that is tied to this uh, this health. You know, you've got this vital health radio and I think some fitness um, activities that you're, you're involved with. Fitness Expo is coming up here in China. So what is that? And, and, and tell us about that part of you. Well, health and fitness has always been a huge part of my life. I live it. I breathe it. It's, it's my lifestyle, and it has been ever since I was 21 years old. I, I was active in school, sports, and so forth. I get out of high school. I decided that Land's Bakery, uh, Coca-Cola's, and all the things I shouldn't be eating and drinking, and my lifestyle had become crap, and I put on a bunch of weight. I am six foot four. I got up to 270 pounds, a 42 inch waist at age 21, and I was miserable. As a single guy, the hot girls are not looking at the guy that's 275 and a 42 inch waist most of the time. There are some. And bless I don't know. The ladies were all over me. <laughs> well, you, you were living in Trenton. I was on the other side of the mountain. They weren't in Chickamauga. <laughs> That's where I messed up. I was on the wrong side of the mountain. See, you were from the big town. I, was in, I yeah. was in the big city of Chickamauga. Well, I had all my teeth. So that's what really, really got me across and, with all the ladies. And so I joined the gym at 21, and I bet you I haven't missed. If you added up all the days combined, I bet you I haven't missed over two months since I was 21. And I'm 52 years old now. And I got into uh, judging bodybuilding, also uh, 
held the, the tri-state bodybuilding championship in Miss Fitness competition in the early 90s at the Moore Auditorium. So the bodybuilding, fitness, health, nutrition world's always been a major part of my life. And uh, I, I love it. I'm in the gym five or six days a week, and it's just who I am. So I'm always trying to encourage people healthy living. So about four years ago or three years ago, we formed a show as part of the Whitfield Media Group called Vital Health Radio. And it's hosted by Dr. Christopher Green of CHI Memorial and Ed Jones, the owner of Nutrition World. And those two gentlemen bring health and nutrition in their own unique way. Ed is the holistic guy. Dr. Green is the guy that's the physician with a prescription pad. However, they both share their stories and then the listener decides how, you know, how they believe and what they want to believe. And it's interesting because the two also have come to respect and appreciate and have taken on some of the, uh, you know, ways of, of living in health and fitness of they've learned from one another. So that is just one of the shows in our group. But we uh, we have five shows and each of the five of them are, are different and reach different demographics. But uh, uh, still been in the oil business and uh, the media business is my other world. So a lot of what you're um, talking about and just your life as a whole, uh, as you weren't uh, other than being a Cub Scout for a couple of years, you weren't necessarily involved in scouting as a um, as a young adult or a as a youth but a lot of what you do nowadays did you know that um teaching moment <laughs> a lot a lot of what you're talking about is is different facets of scouting and scouts bsa a part of the scouts bsa program is merit badges that you have to learn and practically everything that that you do now is is different merit badges to help young you know our young upcoming leaders even decide what they want to do as a career path yeah you know you have to take that communications merit badge you have to take physical fitness you have to take swimming you have to or journalism is an elective that you can take there's all these different career paths um, that you can take and that you and your shows talk about on a regular basis that all lead back in some form or fashion to um, teaching moments in scouting as well. Absolutely. And and uh, come Master Kyle, I think too, you know, you mentioned the personal fitness merit badge. Mm-hmm. And I think that's uh, Eagle Scout required. I think I, so, yeah. And, you know, in that merit badge, I'll never forget the first time I had a scout tell me uh, what they had to do. And, you know, recording your uh, workout routine, mm-hmm. uh, taking some measurements, thinking critically about yourself and making sure you're, you're creating healthy habits mm-hmm. i mean that sounds a lot of a lot like what sean is trying to get out there through this vital health radio is to promote healthy living healthy lifestyles um and to improve the general populace mm-hmm. oh yeah and you know just living a, a healthy life i mean so many people are walking around today with type 2 diabetes they're walking around with high blood pressure they're walking around with other symptoms that will cause cardiovascular disease and so on and so on and so on and so eating properly exercising taking care of yourself when you get to be my age and older you will appreciate how you treated your body and how you lived in your early years and so um, I I just think it's uh, one of those things that people need to hear more of and uh, I'd love to see a a healthy and uh, vibrant uh, America but it's uh, the, the media business has been something that's been fun and enjoyable. 
one thing that I want to add is over the last five years, I've come to learn about the Boy Scouts too through the banquets or the uh, the annual dinner, and the those, luncheon. Is yeah, that the, the luncheon, friends of scouting, yeah, friends luncheon. Of scouting yeah. luncheon? Yeah, in the last five years, I've attended three of those. Wow, that's great! And so I've always enjoyed those. It's always uh, impressive the crowd. I always get there, and I, about a third of the room, I either know them or I know who they are, um, and I always walk away uh, hearing a, a great message from whoever the guest speaker is. So that's another thing about scouting that uh, I've come to learn over the last few years. You know, it's amazing. Last year we had over a hundred different, we call them packs, troops, units. It's just the small group of parents, volunteers, leaders, and then youth that make up a small Cub Scout pack, Boy Scout troop. And uh, they're they're all over the place here in the Tennessee Valley. And so what you're seeing, I think, is people that have been affected by that program um, and I'm always encouraged and and sometimes surprised to meet people who I never thought would have had a connection to scouting, but they do. And uh, Sean, I think recommending this podcast as a way of trying to connect with some of those guests um, will be tremendous. And, and I'm looking up at the wall right now and I see the Marketing Mix Radio, which was one of your shows, Sean, that, that you put on with uh, Rich Mazingo from the Chattanooga Lookouts, who I think... Kyle is going to be one Are of you our gonna, guests. You just officially uh, broke, you know, you told people. Who have have I ruined it? That's the have official announcement. Our very first official guest <laughs> on Scout on Chattanooga will be the president of the Chattanooga Lookouts, Rich Mazingo, which has personally been touched by scouting himself. He has a, a couple of Eagle Scout sons, as a matter of fact. So sorry to take away from uh, what Sean is doing and telling us a little bit about himself, but I think that kind of brings us full circle because Sean is out there in the community, he's connecting with people, and he's seeing the overlap that scouting has um, in people's backgrounds and in their family life and community life. And so, Sean, thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for sharing a bit of your story. So let me ask you one question, and and I asked this to to, uh, Cowboy Kyle, I keep saying that, I got to get over there, Cubmaster Kyle. I asked him, you know, what his favorite outdoor scouting memory was. And I'll ask you, what is a memory you would have liked to have had should you have had the opportunity to be in Boy Scouts? Uh, Camping. Going on a camping trip. I never did that in Cub Scouts because I was in it for a short period of time. So to have had the opportunity to visit, is it Skymont? Mm Mm-hmm. As, as a kid, that would have been something that would have been a real big treat. You know what? We might just have to give him <laughs> I that knew I knew. Don't tell Kyle Wait, did that. I just Don't stick my foot in my mouth? You did. You did. It's okay. We got to get him in that tan uniform first. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> the, I mean, you uh, don't wear that when you're out in the woods, you know. You, well, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just I'm in for, Cub Scouts. We wear them everywhere, though. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've just got a few minutes left before we need to wrap up our uh, first edition of Scout on Chattanooga. But before we go, Jared, I uh, asked you that question earlier in today's podcast. What is Boy Scouts of America? Can you give us just a quick overview, please, in well, closing? Uh, and I'll try to do it as, as quickly as possible. I can tell you that... The Boy Scouts of America is the premier leadership and citizenship training program for the future of our world. And the way that we do that is through everything that, Kyle, you discussed in your experience and that of your sons and your family now in leadership. 
Sean, the values and principles you discussed, healthy living, uh, being an entrepreneur, contributing back to that community, helping the community keep going. Those are things that the Boy Scouts of America prioritizes. And the way we accomplish that is through what we've referred to as the program. And the founder of scouting, who was an Englishman himself, said that scouting is a game with a purpose. And it continues today through these times. And in the Cherokee Area Council, so that's that's 11 counties in Tennessee and Georgia. We've got eight in Tennessee and three in Georgia. We've got a couple thousand youth registered right now in the middle of a pandemic and almost a thousand registered leaders. So those are people who are paying the national organization to be an official member and they're committing to live their everyday life, trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly, so on and so forth. The 12 points of the scout law. And uh, I think that it's really a tremendous opportunity for us to share what we're doing and what has happened in the past through some of our guests that we'll have on this podcast. Mm, yeah. And Kyle was an outstanding uh, testimonial. Outstanding. To describe to what a person can become as an adult by growing up and achieving all that he's achieved in the Boy Scouts. I mean, I, I truly, and, and I was an FFA'er back in the day, too. Hey, so, 4-H over here. Yeah, uh, some of my public speaking definitely came from the FFA, but I can directly correlate my time as a Cub Scout and a, and a Boy Scout and, and achieving my Eagle with the reason of me um, pursuing radio and and getting to the level that i am in radio right now it all it directly correlates to the leadership that i learned as a youth in scouting all right very well said gentlemen any final words before we wrap up today's uh, podcast that was fun i can't wait uh, until the next episode we're going to talk to a youth scout um next we are episode as absolutely well. we've got a few different uh youth that we're going to try to bring on i tell you it's incredible what some of these kids are doing even in the middle of the pandemic and so we'll be highlighting a few of those youth and by highlighting i mean we'll be listening to them live well i guess it's live now on the podcast live to tape we'll say that live to tape <laughs> yeah Excellent. It's and called putting it in the can in radio or in podcasting. You record it so people can listen to it anytime they want to. At their well, convenience. At and, the gym. And also, too, you can listen to it on many, many different podcast platforms. So, uh, obviously, if you're hearing our voices, you're already on one of them. Mm -hmm. But there is, uh, what, about 12 or 13? Yeah, and we're gaining more and more by the day. This is like a preview episode. So officially, episode number one will be coming out April 1st. So April 1st will be our very first episode one with um, the interview with Rich Mazingo from the Chattanooga Lookout. So the real question is that everyone wants to know is if we reach a certain subscriber number, what does Cubmaster Kyle commit to do? Oh man! Is there is there a, a bit of a, a carrot we can dangle? <laughs> we'll we'll answer that in podcast number two. Stay Ooh. tuned. Stay tuned. More to come. Jared, one last uh, question before we go: For folks that want to go online and get more information about the Cherokee Area Council, how can they do it? Where can they find it? It's real easy. You can just Google Cherokee Area BSA or go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com, and you can also find us on Facebook. 
Um, I find the simplest way, and, and I must admit sometimes I even find our website this way. I just Google Chattanooga Boy Scouts. All right. Makes it nice and easy. And hey, to those um, scouters that are listening, don't forget to use our hashtag TNGA Scouts and make sure that you tell your friends about Scout on Chattanooga and um, and tell somebody that's not involved in scouting right now. Just say, hey, you want to know more about scouting? Check out Scout on Chattanooga. And if you see Kyle out and about, call him Big Nasty, and then that way we can measure our numbers to see how many people is listening. I think we need a hashtag Ask Cubmaster Kyle hashtag. I think that's, we want to know your deepest, darkest secrets here. Well, that's going to do it for today's inaugural edition of Scout on Chattanooga. For Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGA Scouts to stay up to date with the youth leaders in our area.